This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And our goal is to provide our listeners with the real facts, the real stats, and the real thoughts about our local market. Ah, now there's a new one on our listeners today about the real thoughts. So uh, our guest today, Mr. Rip Havdi of Real Brokers Correct. is here. Keeping it real. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Okay, and you're not nervous at all because you've been here before. No, sir. I'm ready. All right. You know, we, we have the uh, uh, intro music that we play a lot called Put Me In, Coach. That's I'm right. ready to play. Yep. That kind of describes Rip. I mean, every time I see him, he's wanting back on the show. So yep. you must like it. I do. <laughs> you're not shy. No, sir. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking about home prices today. Correct. And inflation, the effect Correct. of inflation. And uh, like all the news is kind of uh, scary and doom and gloom out there with inflation. And uh, we want to keep it real and let our folks know what is actually going on in our market. And here's one thing I want to touch on is in our discussion today is I see some people are blaming homes, you know, saying or it's the blame game. It's the yeah. seller's fault. It's the landlord's fault. It's their greed. Yep. Um, that's what I don't like that pointing fingers and, and saying things at all. I think everybody needs to take uh, personal responsibility for their own position in life. I think if a lot of folks would do that, especially folks that we try to help every day, Don, uh, Fresno would be a lot better place. And that's one of the topics I'm actually going to bring up while we're talking about. We could start first with the average income in Fresno County. Let's start. $57,000 a year. And <clears throat> 10 years ago, it was like forty two, forty five thousand. So we haven't gone up much for a county that's over a million folks. Now, I know we do have a lot of ag. Um, that's typically the lower end. We do see some families that are making 80000 a year, 60000 a year in the 40s. Um, but the average is still $57,000. So until we can get some better paying jobs for the folks that live in our community, things are still going to stay the same. Now, we do have a lot of great jobs. Now, we do have you know the, the COVID pandemic that we're coming out of, you know, thankfully. And uh, we see a lot of changes there. But the, the big thing I would like to lead off with is helping our folks in our community get a better job. And by that, with the personal responsibility, don't settle. You guys have uh, your tools and traits that you have. Let's use it um, and keep looking, keep improving yourself and keep um, making, striving for the, for the top. That's all. That's, that's the way I do it. Just keep making it. So this is to prove that this is a thought-provoking um, show. There's yep. no science to back up some no. of my questions or some of my thoughts. Um, but, you know, so much for the science, right? Yeah. But, but here's a question I have. Th that $57,000 per year income for the average of Fresno County, is that brought down by people who are just not working during COVID? Correct. Uh, so, because I, I know that wages have gone up, uh, minimum wage has gone up a dollar a year for five years now. Right. So if you were to go back to 2017, 
you're going to be around 10 bucks an hour. Yes, but to, with inflation now, when you talk about what our topic is, when you add the inflated dollars in there, that ten that $17 that you see signs all over Fresno, hey, starting $17 an hour, you're now back, back probably at $12.50. Folks cannot um, afford, the average folks cannot afford to buy a house in our community. We used to be the cheapest, one of the cheapest places to live in California. We probably still are one of the cheapest places to live. But if you're a, a regular consumer at 17 bucks an hour, and let's say you have no debt, you're still gonna struggle to buy a house. It's taken them um, almost 10 years to save up enough money for down payment and closing costs on a traditional deal. Of course, when I was working on minimum wage, um, I didn't think of buying a house. I was too young. I, I, yeah. I, I was thinking about sharing an apartment with some Correct. of the buddies. Well, I'm glad you brought up sharing an apartment with buddies. Rent. Rent has skyrocketed in our community. Um, you know, 15 years ago, it was 800 1200 bucks anywhere in Fresno. Now you're looking at 1700 uh, 1500 Even in the lower ends, you're looking at 1100 uh, for a two-bedroom, one-bath in maybe not the most desirable area. North, uh, north side, you're looking at 2000 for a home. I have a friend that's paying $3,000 a month rent for a home. So that's another problem. However, that home that they're renting for 3000 mm -hmm. it's hard to compare to even five, 10 years ago, because God, I remember 10 years ago, you $1,500 a month was like the top rent yes, in, correct. in Fresno. Right. But the wh what they were renting was a smaller three bedroom, two bath home because that was a rental. Now there's a lot of four, five, six bedroom homes that are renting for 3000, yep. but they're newer. So it's, the composition of the rental inventory it's has changed. really changed. Well, plus they're building uh, luxury rentals now in Fresno, like everywhere. Right. Which, okay, here's one of those thought-provoking things. We talk about the problem, rents rising. Maybe this, maybe this is a good thing because it shows that Fresno, Fresno's economy can absorb it. Why would builders go out and build all these luxury apartments that they started five? They probably started the planning process five years ago. Correct. Why would they do that if they didn't believe that Fresno's economy could absorb it? Sure. And I think they, they probably see something down the road where their industry is changing. Uh, we have maybe a shift in marketing where people are living, um, downsizing. We are going into a, um, a smaller footprint. And so we have a lot of folks that have moved into the valley. We have a lot of folks that have moved out, but we do have a lot of folks that have moved in uh, from the Bay Area, L.A. area that bought homes. And maybe that's just the, the way it's pushing the market down on a, the footprint, footprint of a home. Not everybody wants to buy a home because a lot of people have come in for job transfers and they don't know how long they're going to be here. It's one year, two year contract, and then they're gone. So they don't buy a house, but they do want a nice place to live. Oh, that begs the question. So, should somebody buy a home if you know you're only going to be here short term, one to two years? I would definitely say no, unless yeah. you want to keep it after you leave. <laughs> okay. However, if you would have bought in 2004 and had to sell in 2006, you would have come out good. Yes, if you, you had to buy in 2020 and, and had to sell in 2022, you you're going to come out good. Yes. But, but how do you know? We don't. 
that's the, that's the other thing. But you know, if you're making the money and you need the write-offs, then definitely buy. If if you're comfortable with that decision that you're going to make, then let's do it. I if, like that point. So there's more than one reason to buy. Oh, there's correct. The write-offs. There's um, uh, pride of a home ownership. Yes. Just make sure you buy for the right reason. Yeah, and keep it local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. I just closed an escrow with a non-local lender. Um, communication was almost, how low can you go? Zero? Pretty much. There's <laughs> a negative zero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm not going to give this guy a negative zero. It'll just be a zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's key. Well, that's key in our industry anyways, Don. Real estate, mortgage, insurance. They have to communicate with the consumer. Um, and I think a lot of folks forget who's the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, the consumer's the boss. All right. So, um, once again, the, today's show is really going to be thought-provoking. Yes. Um, and I want to, when we hear inflation rates, like I, I pulled over. something up last night, it yep. was 7.5%. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> However, keep in mind statistics. Yep. And, and how like things can be different. So, I'm going to... Yeah come back to our local market and show you how you can give a different narrative. Yep. Um, many people have heard me say on this show that um, for, for 2021, the median sales price in Fresno County was 360,000. Yeah. For 2021. Now today during the show, you're going to hear me say 385,500. But that is just for January of 2022. So when I said 2021, that included 13, 14 months ago. Right. So be careful with statistics. Um, Think them through. Uh, When you hear terms like affordable housing, uh, market rate housing, those are terms. But think it through. There, yeah. There's more to the story. Or, hey, when we hear the word inflation. Yes. All right. So, Rip, give me your definition definition of inflation. Then okay. I'll give mine. Yeah. And then our listeners will be shaking their head at both of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> inflation. Okay, so it's, it's off the consumer price index. And it actually has the, where they get the rate for inflation. Inflation is the uh, price of goods sold versus the, what the consumer purchases. Typically... Um, it, they've been marketing they've been watching inflation for a long time so when we were younger in the 80s it was really bad it even brought out what the misery index if you remember hearing about the misery index so that's how not only did i hear about it i felt it yeah so did i uh, i actually bought my first house through that so with inflation it's the cost of goods sold versus what the basically the government's spending to keep it simple and inflated dollars typically you have two political parties um Republicans and Democrats. Now, the Republicans uh, will work on fiscal responsibility and trying to keep the debt low. Well, they used to, all right? And the Democrats are big on reducing unemployment. But right now, in our current economy, we got to get our debt under control. And I see that as number one. That's why you have inflation going through the roof. And if you look at inflate, the inflation rate um, back in the 80s when they changed it, today's rate would actually be 110 not 7.6. And then when I bought my first house, it was inflation was um, like 14% coming down. 
and it got as high as 19 in the early 80s. So it's a big it's a big uh, problem for us, especially when we have all this debt. Mm-hmm. And then coming through the COVID pandemic, it has <clears throat> catapulted the debt on the American family. So here's my definition of inflation. And this goes back to when I was in school. Um, actually, I think it was grammar school. And we were going through our history book. And they were talking about Germany back in the 1930s. And some guy was pushing a wheelbarrow full of Deutschmarks uh, to the store just to buy groceries. Right. He needed that many Deutschmarks. And it wasn't because... It was because the Deutsche Mark had fallen in so value. Much, right. So, uh, so to buy the same consumer goods, Correct. you needed more do- dollars right. or marks to buy it. So, and so it's less money. So you like to buy a gallon of milk is two bucks. Inflation is three percent. Next year it's going to be two oh four, and so on and so on every yeah. year up. So and three percent's not bad. No, but, I know now. But you go to ten, now you're two twenty. And then two four now it's, and it's it's just they could get out of control. And then the other problem we have with the uh, inflation, you're starting to see uh, grocery stores empty shelves. The other thing I'm the most thing I'm concerned about today uh, with all of us is when the gas hits five dollars a gallon. That um, if you go back into the housing bubble from 2008 to 12, we did have a five dollar almost. I think we did five dollars. Yeah. We got close to five dollar a gallon gas. And you remember what happened to the housing market? It crashed. Now, the $5 gallon gas did not affect the housing market to crash, but that was from the loans and everything else that was going on back then. It was an economy in transition. Yeah, there you go. I used the T word. I wasn't going to say turmoil. I said transition. I like that better, actually. Okay, that's the other thing. So I talked to a friend of mine, and at our last um, uh, MLS meeting, someone mentioned there's almost 5,000 realtors in the Fresno Association. And on the market right now, there's like just barely over 300 houses. Well, I do Fresno Clovis active, single family and PUDs. It's under 300. <laughs> so, well, some of those can sell in Fresno County where there's 440. There you go for 5,000. Okay. <laughs> but that includes Sanger, uh, Millerton. Yeah. Hey, well, you got, you know, for the agents, you got to work, you got to work. So it's a hustle. Yeah, right. We're going to our first commercial break now, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, where we're going to give you some more thought-provoking thoughts on inflation. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host along with Rip Hobdy of Real Brokers. And Rip, how long have you been a realtor here in our local market? I've had a real estate license since 2002. I started in mortgages in 1998. Okay, so been involved in the real estate business for quite some time. I say that because, you know, we want you to have a little credibility. (laughs) I also managed a large office for nine years. And I tease you so much that it's it gives me some credibility to attack right <laughs> but it's all in good fun really. correct all right now speaking of good fun i gotta give you someone else's definition of inflation okay and i'm gonna give it to john oslin he's the owner of one putt broadcasting there you go we were talking yesterday and uh, about the definition of inflation 
and he put it very succinctly. I said, God, thank you very much for that soundbite. He said, inflation is when the purchasing power of the dollar decreases. Yep. Period. Yep. That, that is so good. So if you could imagine that home prices, no, excuse me, home values stayed the same. Right. So if you could buy a house for 350000 last year, but this year it, it, it costs you 375000 because the dollar value went right. down, so it took more dollars to buy the same value. Correct. That is inflation. Yeah, that was, that was a good definition. Yeah. Okay. I told him, are you sure you want me to give you credit for that one, John? I mean, what if it ends up being wrong? Uh, yeah. it's, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we can blame inflation, point fingers at inflation, but what are some of the other factors that are contributing to the housing market's changes? Well, first of all, in our in our community, like we said, we have some of the lowest uh, price housing in the state of California. We have uh, we've had for the past two or three years um, a massive increase in out of the area buyer coming in uh, when they had relocated because of COVID. They could come down to Fresno and buy a four hundred thousand dollar house where their mortgage payment is twenty five hundred bucks a month, where they were renting a one bedroom, one bath in the Bay Area for the same price. So they didn't have to live there anymore, do the travel and all that. They're coming here or they're uh, looking for an investment property and they're coming down to Fresno and they're buying up houses. So we saw that it's decreased in the past several months a little bit with the out of area, out of area buyers coming in. But I think that was a big hedge on the increase on prices where we saw the houses being overbid. We listed for 350, it was sell for 375, 380, 30,000 over the list price. So I think that was a big pressure. Um, on some of the listings, we're starting to see less offers, uh, which makes me a little bit happy for the buyers. So sellers, if you're thinking about selling, I'd definitely get a hold of your realtor and uh, move in the right direction if you want to sell. But before you do that, make sure you have a place to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so low inventory ha is one of the effects on our home prices. Correct. Uh, Describe that further. How does low inventory impact pricing? Oh, it's the same way as we go to the grocery store. You, you don't ha you have, uh, there's very low selection on the shelf to buy. So these, uh, these guys would start raising the prices on the li limited amount of product they have to sell. So it's forcing it. I mean, and as an agent, when we study the, the, the market and there's only uh, two houses in your neighborhood for sale, everybody wants to go to that neighborhood then the price is going to go up. So the competition. So can you get mad at the store owner who raised the prices on apples because he needs to make more money because he's going to sell fewer apples? Okay, we could do the same thing at, the, at uh, I don't know, Wendy's, McDonald's, at the restaurants. Those prices have gone through the roof. Um, I was talking to one of my friends. He said he went to Wendy's and got uh, lunch for a friend. It was like 12 bucks for a burger, fry, and a soda. I mean, my first job at Wendy's when I was 16, it was 49 cents for a cheeseburger and, and 19 cents for the fry and 19 cents for the drink. Yeah, but how old are you, though? Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, told you I'd tease you. Yep. Uh, all right. So, and, and the point I really want to make, and we're not done making it, yep. is 
we can't point fingers at just one thing. No. We can't blame the store owner that the price of apples went up because now he's going to make more per apple. Correct. However, he may make less money because other factors happen. Correct. Uh, his uh, rent went up. Hit the cost of deliveries went up. Uh, and so everything. yeah, fuel charges, everything. And then you have people out with COVID. So now he's got no staff. So that's where you see half of the uh, coffee shops, whatever you go to, they might be closed or they don't have anybody or the lines are long. So, and as you, if you're a seller, you know, you don't want to hate the seller for getting top dollar for their home. Right. It, and you might say, well, gosh, that seller's greedy. Yeah. Greedy because they took $20,000 more than their asking price. But when they turn around and go to buy something else, same thing, they're probably going to be doing that also. Yeah. And depending on the window, it could have been worse or where they went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my point is, let's be careful who and why we point the finger at somebody. And it's not always greed. No. Sometimes I, I used to hate this old saying, but it, it's becoming more and more true. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but if you own a home, is what it is, is a little bit more in your favor. Well, right now, especially during inflation. If we talk about bringing it back to inflation and owning a home, <clears throat> you're safe. Like you said a second ago, you got you got a cave. you got a place to go to for you and your family. Rents can go up. As long as you have a 30-year fixed, 20-year fixed, or a 15-year fixed mortgage, your payment stays the same other than your homeowner's insurance or your property taxes being increased. So if our economy goes through this transition yeah. or turmoil or um, flux, whatever you want to <laughs> call it, at least in the if you have a your own home with a fixed rate mortgage, you know what your payment's going to be ten years from now, correct? And you know what cave you can go to, correct? And you're safe. I mean, it gives you a security and safety because you know a lot of people are looking for a security and they want to be safe. Um, when with their job, they want security. They got a paycheck. If you're a real estate agent, you have commissions, you got to work. Uh, so you want to keep in mind that you want to be, you want your family to be safe. Uh, ultimately that's what it comes down to. And that's why owning a house, um, during this time is huge. Uh, buy a house with inflated dollars. You're actually going to save a lot of money in the long run. And then the interest rates are so low, unbelievably low. And I believe forced down artificially low uh, correct artificially lowered than it should be yeah by I mean, the federal reserve to keep the economy going during some transition time, transition yeah. times well and then I, I don't know i know you feel the same way but i believe real estate is one of the hubs of the economy if the the housing market is moving the economy is moving because there's like 40 to 50 people involved in every real estate transaction we have a big effect on our local community that's why i like to say we keep it local yeah Oh, that's a good point. Um, some of the people involved in a transaction, you said 40 or 50 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got home inspectors, pest inspectors, Insurance, roof inspectors. Escrow, escrow title. title um, notaries. Appraisers, lenders, funders, underwriters, realtors. Uh, and the other realtor. Yeah. So there's on usually two, two on a transaction. So, yeah, and then on and on. Yep. And then they've got to get the power on. So you have the city involved and this, and then when they buy a house you know, home warranty. So there's all kinds of things involved. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the NHDs. Yeah. 
God. When you said 40 or 50, I'm thinking, now, yeah. you, you know, yeah. I think you're uh, exaggerating. <laughs> I don't think so anymore. Now that we named, we just off the top of our heads named 20 of them. Yep. So. Uh, when I say 40 or 50, I mean like each person you have, an escrow officer, escrow assistant, title officer, on down the line. All right. Maybe we're going to get to 60. Yeah. But okay. there's a lot of people involved. Right. So when we get back from our next commercial break, um, Rip has written some, something about inflation and um, three ways that a home purchase is a hedge against inflation. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and uh, realtor Rip Hobdy is here. Okay, I know the answer to this, but um, maybe all our listeners don't know. A first name like Rip, R-I-P. Right. Um, what, how'd you get that nickname? Well, that's, that's, I get that. I'm actually the OG Rip if you watch Yellowstone, so I'm just <laughs> Anyways, so my real name... And just as stunningly handsome, right? That's right. Better looking, actually. Yeah, good thing you're on the radio. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Actually, my real name is Reber Cornelius Hovde III. So my dad, as Don knows, and most of the folks that know me in town know that my dad's a professional piano player, played played at the Daily Planet restaurant for 15-plus years before it closed. So in the 50s, he was nicknamed him Rip because he was ripping up the keys like Jerry Lewis. He would play the piano organ side by side. So he has some albums out. A lot of people know him here in town, Reber. The, the heavyset white guy looked like Santa Claus at the Daily Planet. That's my pops. All right. I always like hearing that story. That's a true hey, story. And the Daily Planet. Oh, that, that was, was great. That was a place. I wish, that, I wish somebody would bring that back to the Tower District. That was, a, that was awesome. Yeah. Okay, so in preparation for this show, you did a little homework. And give us what the three ways that a home purchase is a reliable hedge against inflation. Okay, so if you're considering buying a home right now, um, which if you don't, I would definitely recommend buying a home. Uh, We just talked about safety and security a little bit ago. And uh, if you're in the stock market, your portfolio is probably tanked in the past, uh, you know, two to three weeks. So with that in mind, uh, real estate's a good hedge for protection. So lock in your mortgage rate. Your interest rate right now is low to mid thirties, low to mid threes. Um, when I bought my first house, I was 12 and a half percent. So my second house was eight and a half percent. And now I'm in, I'm at 3% myself. So lock in your low, low, low interest rate. They're like we said a minute ago, they are artificially low. Second one, uh, you won't be exposed to rising rents if you don't own a home. So if you're renting, the rents can go up every year, and they probably will go up every year in the foreseeable future be due to rent control. So if a, a, an investor owns a property, um, they know they have to raise rents or they will not be able to keep up the market. Um, and then, hello, investors out there, if you're listening, um, if you don't raise your rents, you can't sell your property for max dollar if you have low rents. Just FYI. So... It seems like um, contradictory there. There's rent control. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason rents are rising. Well, yeah. So uh, you're an investor. Uh, most folks that I know, they didn't really want the, the tenants to leave. 
They wanted no vacancies. So the investors would keep the rents artificially low. One of my largest investors did that. Actually, two or three of them always kept the rents below market value because they did not want vacancies. You lose a tenant, you have three or four months vacant, now you're, you're negative, you keep your, fat, your cash flow going. So that's why they would keep it low. They didn't want them leaving. Now, since rent control is, you can't raise your rents, and if you don't raise them, you're stuck. So, so one of the favorite shows that, that I, I experienced on Welcome Home Radio several years ago, we had a property manager from Santa Monica mm. who um, uh, she described wh- what, why rents are so high in Santa Monica. Um, and she said rent control started in 1978, and this, she rented out this particular apartment, not even a house, for $375 a month. It's now going for $4,200 a month. Well, this was three or four years ago, right? so even higher now. Um, and I, we compared it to a house that <clears throat> my first rental, uh, 1978, and I rented it out for $375 a month. Now, it was a four-bedroom, two-bath home yeah. uh, over by Herndon and Cedar. Um, in, at that time, my rents had gone up like two and a half times from the 375. Mm-hmm. It was still right around the $1,000 mark. Yeah. But look at that one, 375 to 4,200. And I said, but wait a minute, you had rent control. She goes, yeah. And, and it was like two and a half percent in the city of Santa Monica. But she said, we do it every year. And here was her, her soundbite, her comment. If you don't take it, you lose it. Exactly right. So rent control is actually inflationary. It is exactly. It's a great another definition of inflation, rent control, because these guys have to keep forcing it up Mm -hmm. as an investor or property owner. Their taxes go up. Their insurance goes up. Everything's going up. Property values are going up for them, too. But, you know, it doesn't matter until you sell Mm -hmm. what the property value is. Um, here's a great example of prices going up, um, at one of my rentals, I just had to put a new fence in. Right. And if you could imagine the price of wood and it cost me way more than I ever thought. Well then I don't know about you, but having a vendor come out to service the fence or put the fence up, trying to find somebody right now, cause the good ones are super busy and trying to find someone to work on your house, a handyman, uh, fence guy. It's just crazy, and the, I don't, the also inflation, the price of pools, service, having someone clean your pool. Mm-hmm. That used to be like fifty-five bucks a month. Now you call around, they're all over a hundred bucks a month just to come out and clean your pool or service your pool. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Now, Amazing. last last wow. thing was uh, what, uh, why buy a house over why buy a, a property during inflation because property value is going up. It's going to hedge your protection against the inflationary dollars. So, it is like you said earlier, it's taking more dollars to buy, but you still have your hedge protection with that. So you have your stock market portfolio, you have your real estate portfolio. It's a great way just to keep yourself, not all your eggs in one basket, but protected. You know, I started this conversation off by saying that we had no science to back us up, but I, I think we're throwing out a lot of good facts. Well, there are, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of good stuff, and uh, just want the general public to, and the consumer to know what, the, what we feel about here in Fresno. Mm-hmm. 
And you had made a comment during the break that, uh, hey, this is just two guys talking shop at, at Starbucks yeah. or, you know, having coffee. Yep. Um, but we're here at the studio because we can't afford the price of coffee anymore. No, five bucks. They raised it again. There you go. All right. But all in all, keep on smiling. Have to. Hey, we're doing good and beautiful weather. Oh, isn't it gorgeous? I had to drive to Mariposa yesterday. Uh, for listening, I got up there. It was it was it was absolutely gorgeous. I I like that area. I love it. Did you go through Oakhurst and yep. then cut over? Okay. Correct. It was beautiful. The air was clean. Um, still a little concerned about the trees though. I saw a lot of dead trees, so that still makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. So FYI for consumers in the uh, outlying areas uh, or buyers, if you're thinking about buying a property uh, in the wooded areas, check your homeowner's insurance quote before you get too deep into that. All right. Um, so let's get back to here. There's a lot of things in affecting home values or home, not, not home values, because I want everybody to remember the value of a home is that security, Correct. that place for you to go to that's comfortable. That's the value of the home. It's, it's for you and your family and, um, but home prices, so we've talked about inflation, how that's affecting home prices. We talked about supply and demand. Yes. That's affecting it. Interest rates. We did not touch on another one that's common talk right now, supply chains. Yeah, I was just going to, that was in my head when you said that. Supply chain breakdown, no inventory. That, that's the difference between Rip and I. He had it in his head. I have it here on, on this paper. piece of paper. Yeah. I fly fast. <laughs> I, I handed a piece of paper to one of the young millennials in our office the other day. Yeah. And he takes it and he looks at it and he goes, what's Don, this? <laughs> never hand a piece of paper to a millennial. <laughs> he goes, what do I do with this? <laughs> All right. Supply chains. How, how does that affect? Uh, well, the easy question is how does it affect new home prices? Oh, through the roof. Cause we see them raising their prices sometimes $10,000 a month on new home sales. So uh, that's really gone through the roof. Now, I do see wood prices starting to come down, which is a good thing. But the price of a new home in Clovis, I, I don't think there's very few under 500 now. 400 plus is the, is the going rate, I believe, in Clovis now. Mm-hmm. So Fresno, we're still under that. You may have to go to Madera, Selma, um, outlying areas to find you a newer home that you can afford. All right. How does that affect existing homes? It also helps push up the price of existing homes. When the appraiser comes out and, and uses the new homes for comparables, you're gonna, they're going to use it, but they're going to do a, a modification or adjustment on it. So it's still going to help keep your home values up. That's why when we say you're looking at buying a home, you want homes around you. If it's a new home subdivision, it's going to help you keep your prices up. But if you're buying apartments, it's not as um, effective on keeping your prices up in the neighborhood. All right. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here with us is Rip Havdi of Real Brokers. And, you know, playing that song just now is intentional on our part. And that is 
don't forget the home that built me. Our discussion on inflation and prices and rates and all, that, that could scare or intimidate somebody. Sure. But don't forget what a house is really all about. Yep. Excuse me, what a home is really all about. Yes. Well, it, everybody can sell a house, but it takes a family to make a home. Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, okay. I got a question. I, I had a uh, listener. Uh, I, I'm going to call him a first-time listener <laughs> because he's my son. Okay. <laughs> so he actually is listening to me Awesome. Now, and our discussions are now um, more discussions. Nice. <laughs> God, I love maturity. <laughs> if he heard this, he'd kill me. But uh, anyway, what do you think, Rip? of a cash out refinance on your primary residence so that you can buy an investment property? Okay, that's a great question because I have uh, three friends that have done that in the past year. Um, actually, my wife and I are actually contemplating this exact um, thought as we speak. So I have, um, depends, we have a lot of equity right now in our homes. If you've owned your home for a while, you have a lot of equity. I don't recommend people doing the ATM on their home uh, for cash out, paying off bills. As it, but if you're going to do the hedge of protection and you're going to buy an investment property um, with the low interest rates, it's a great. I, th I think it's a great time to do it. But do not go over seventy uh, percent because if we see a, a market correction sometime uh, down the road, you want to be protected that way as well. So never take out too much money never go over 80% because then you're back into the mortgage insurance. You want to stay away from that. Well, the key phrase that you said is you now have a lot of equity, a lot of equity. If you do a cash out refinance, you no longer have a lot, a lot. of equity. You have some, but to keep it safe, but now you're going to have equity in a second house. Okay. And that 70% rule you yes. talked about, that is what was not followed back in the 2005 no. era yeah. where lenders would lend you 100% of the appraisal yeah. on a cash-out refinance. Yeah. Then the market shifted and um, you no longer had equity. And without equity, you lose your options. Yes, you're, you're now stuck. You're almost like renting now. Your back's against a wall. Yeah. If something it, happens, you're, you're, you have to make some hard decisions. And by having options, what I mean is, let's say the interest rates go down. Well, you have the option to refinance Correct. to take advantage of that. Yep. Um, whereas if you've eaten up all of your equity, then you don't have that option because the lenders are going to still lend based on appraisal value. Well, plus now you have mortgage insurance, which now just makes no sense if you on a ref cash out refi. Mm -hmm. And you have to recoup those costs over time. So you have to really think this through if you're going to refi, pull cash out. Let's say it's a three to five year uh, recapture on that. Are you still going to be here in three to five years? So it's take, you know do some research on it. Uh, write your notes down on, on a piece of paper. If you have any questions, call me or Don, and we're more than happy to go over that with you. Yeah, yeah. And here's a statistic I want to throw out. The Fresno Association of Realtors did a survey back in 2009, and there was a ton of foreclosures out there yeah. and at the time 80 percent of our sales were foreclosures um, whereas last year there were only 30 foreclosures in all of fresno county yeah, that really. were uh, in fresno i think there's four 
right now. Right now, active, active. Yeah. Yeah. Fresno closed. That's that, it. That that sounds right. But the Fresno Association of Realtors did a three-year survey. We took the last quarter of each year, excuse me, the third quarter of each year um, for three years, and we tried to discover where did these foreclosures come from. 54% of the foreclosures were from refinances. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, it was not from home sales. Hmm. Um, I don't remember this number off the top of my head, but it was right around 20% of the sales were private party sales. Hmm. Or the foreclosures were private party sales. So buying from a... Um, uh, 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 for sale by owner. Yeah. So in other words, there was no professional representation yeah. in there. Um, and I remember I, I had very few of my clients lose their home to foreclosure because they would call me and say, should I cash out and take advantage of this? And I would usually discourage them yes. from that. Well, a house is not an ATM machine. I mean, there's all kinds of folks that were teaching us not to do that. Um, I think a lot more people are uh, millennials. Everybody's used to that now. Um, not using your home as an ATM. It's a, la- it's a last resort. If it's, you want to use that to hedge your, um, leverage your money to make a wise financial decision. There you go. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit now. Rip, how do you advise a seller in pricing their home to sell? So the listing price. Okay, first of all, we bring the comparables, what their what their neighborhood's doing. I typically go out a quarter mile and I'll show them everything. And I'll show them the active listings that, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, this is your competition uh, for your neighborhood. Second of all, I'll, I'll advise them on the condition of the home. Uh, maybe a few touch-ups, maybe a, a couple things to be fixed. Curb appeal is a big one. Um, we walk the house. I do, I do like to get a home inspection and a pest inspection before it goes on the market so we know what we're looking at for the seller to get max dollar to take any of those negotiating tactics off the table from the buyer that way we know ahead of time um, second of all I show them what the current buyers are doing to get um, the the value on what they're looking at they'll typically type in their address and some searches will come up and they'll have estimates on their home value um, now, keep in mind, those are just estimates. That's why you want to consult your professional realtor to get you actually a closer competitive market analysis on your home. And the reason it's closer is the realtor walked through the home, Yep. whereas that online yep. estimator did not. No, and we live here. Uh, we know the market. We have the all the tools at our disposal to actually find out what's going on in your neighborhood. So... What's your take on this one? It, here, here's a neighborhood that's averaging four twenty-five, give or take twenty-five thousand dollars. There was one that just sold for three sixty-five, and there was a thirteen thousand dollar credit from the seller to the buyer. Okay, would you use that as a comp? Nope. Why? So, because it's, it's an anomaly. So the house also obviously needed a lot of work. $13,000 credit. Pictures didn't show it? No, there's something going on. I mean, you know, pictures don't show everything, Dom. You know, pictures are a thousand words. Pictures are an advertisement, yes. not a disclosure. Correct. And uh, so that's an anomaly. Now, typically when I'm doing that with the seller, I'm glad you brought that up, is I throw out the top and the bottom. And I try to find the closest uh, market match to their home as we can to get value. 
Okay. And I'm going to add to that too. So I'll look into each of those really good comps mm -hmm. and see what happens. Sometimes I notice that, okay, this thing was zero days on the market. Um, that one bothers same, me. Same listing agent and buyer's agent. Yeah, it bothers me too. Then you go and look at the county records and find out both the seller's names, the seller and the buyer's um, last names were the same. Oh, that okay. was probably not a, uh, what's it called, a um, uh, arm's length transaction. Right. That yeah. was probably the realtor helping the father sell it to, to the, the son. son. Right. Yeah. So not a good indicator of value. Yeah, I would definitely, the other thing out there, folks, is if you're selling your house in this market, uh, put it on the market for at least three to five days um, before you uh, consider uh, taking offers. So you want to make sure, you know, as a seller, you want max dollar. And as you, as you hire your real estate agent, that's their job is to, uh, your fiduciary responsibilities get you what you want. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. How do you advise a buyer or how, yeah. How do you advise a buyer in today's market? So oh. you find a property priced at 450. Even before we even get there, Don, you have to get a local lender involved. I need not just a prequal. We need a, we need a, a solid approval and I would like to get a copy of their DU. What that means is the underwriting, underwriting findings from the lender. I just want the first page. We black out their personal information. I need that with me and a local lender's approval. Um, I'm not going to say um, I would like to see it from a bank or a brokerage is my top pick. Um, but it's got to be local, no internet, no out of town. That's number one. Um, it's got to be a, a legitimate approval, not a prequal or just some lender signing a piece of paper and sending it out. Um, that, that greatly diminishes your chance of winning when you're a buyer writing an offer. Second, um, we go over the house again. We look at the improvements they did. I let them know the property, um, what I think the value is going to be. And then I also will update the buyer if they don't know what the current, uh, volatility is on that location. What I mean by volatility is I also communicate with the listing agent and say, say, Don, it's your listing. Don, how many showings do you have scheduled? And, or how many offers do you have? So before I even go out, I'm communicating with the listing agent. I asked the listing agent some key questions on what's the seller looking for? Do they need um, time in the home after closes? Obviously, they're looking for full price in this market, um, if not more. And uh, just what, what can I do to help get our offer accepted for the buyer? All right, so communication. It's key. So, so once again, you're going to local. So if you were to call me, you know me. Yep. Our communication is going to be a lot better than if uh, you had to call a listing agent who is from San Jose. Yes. You don't know them. They probably don't know the the school districts. Oh, yeah. I, did, I, have, I have a funny story real quick to tell you. I did call um, a listing agent. I showed a property the other day, and I called him. He didn't answer his phone. I went to voicemail and I said, hey, this is Rip. I'm not trying to recruit you because I was an old manager. <laughs> oh. I have a buyer interested in your listing. Call me back. Because <laughs> a lot of times they see me calling. They didn't answer the phone because, oh, this guy's trying to. <laughs> right. Just get a new <laughs> listing. Okay. We got about one minute All left. Right. So my question for you is what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's discussion? Okay. Today was key on uh, buying, a, buying or selling a home. So. It's safety and security when you buy right now during inflationary times. Inflation could get worse. Um, it may get worse. But once you buy your property on a 30-year fixed, you know that your payment's going to be the same other than maybe a tax increase or homeowner's increase. So 
if you're thinking about buying, it's a good time to buy. If you want to sell, we definitely want your house to sell. All right. And here's my best advice. Go get one. There you go. All right. With that, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in today. And thank you, Mr. Hobdy, for wow. being here. Thank you, Don, for representing us so well. Hey, thank you. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We have Clint Olivier going to oh, be on nice. the show. And uh, we're going to be talking some uh, politics Uh-oh. that's going on right now. I want to sit in on that one. All right. <laughs> thank you to all our listeners. See you next Saturday.